Fusion! You got more energy than that. I need the energy. Where's the noise? Fusion, how you feeling? There we go. Wake me up. You guys been having a good day? Good. Anybody not have a great day? You can raise your hand. It's okay. That's real. Okay. I'm going to remember to pray for you. For real. So, we've been in a series called Black and White. Yo, is, was there a fog machine going? Am I the only one who sees? Okay, I'm not the only one. I'm like, yo, it looks okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm making sure nothing's burning. We're in a series called Black and White. Tonight is the last night of this series. So I want to recap a little bit of what we've been talking about in case you've missed any of the messages. If this is your first time here, we're very happy to have you. Can we make some noise for first-time guests? Man, I feel a little weird because I feel like I can't see you guys with all, like, the fog. But it's all good. So in the first week of this message, we were talking about light versus darkness, black and white. That's the whole concept that we're talking about in this series is light versus darkness. And the first scripture that we were talking about was 1 John 1 verse 5, where John, a disciple of Jesus, is saying, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and, in him, and there is no darkness in him at all. And the focus of that message was just talking about the separation between light and darkness. In Genesis, in the beginning, God created light and saw that the light was good, and then he separated the light from the darkness. And we talked about how that should look in our own lives, how God is calling us to walk in light. And so if we're walking in light, we cannot be walking in darkness at the same time. And there were three points in that message about what it looks like for us to separate ourselves. One is separation must be intentional. So that means you have to do it on purpose. It does not just happen on its own. When you're trying to live a life for Jesus, there's going to be a lot of things that you have to do intentionally. <clears throat> so whether that's relationships in your life, uh, whether that's certain things that you're watching or taking in, we have to constantly be taking inventory of what helps us to walk in light. What is light? What is darkness? We discussed that darkness is simply the absence of light. And so darkness is not a substance, but it is an absence. And so therefore, darkness has no power because it's not really anything except for the absence of light. And if God is light, then darkness is the absence of God in our lives. And if there are any areas in our life where we haven't let God into, then that area is in darkness. And we have to be intentional about allowing him into that area. Point two was separation does not mean isolation. So we cannot isolate ourselves. We still need community. And that's part of what we're going to be talking about tonight a little bit more in depth, even with it being small group night. Because I know, I know that some people were excited when we said it's small group night, but some people were not excited. Thank you for the people who are excited. But I was one of the people who wasn't always excited about it being small group night. Uh, but as I was reading and especially studying for this series, 
God was just revealing it to me more and more how important this community thing is and how it ties well and it's necessary for us to be walking in the light. So we can't isolate ourselves, but we are supposed to be separated. How do we do that? Well, we're called to separation and then invitation, which was the third point from the first message. Meaning we're called to separate ourselves in the way that we live our lives. That does not mean disconnecting from people. And we don't have to walk in darkness just to speak to people who are in darkness. We can walk in light and invite people into the light. We can live our lives in a way that's still inviting to people without doing everything that they do. The next message that we had was uh, called Confident at His Coming. And it was, <clears throat> excuse me. Based on the book of 1 John, verse 228, where he says, And now, dear children, continue in him. Continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. So we were talking about what it looks like to be confident before Jesus. We were looking at the fact that Jesus is coming back. We were looking at scriptures from Revelation that described what that looked like, what that looks like, how he's coming back with eyes that look like fire and how he's coming back with the armies of heaven and how this is a reality. This is not just a, a myth. It's actually going to happen. And so what are we going to look like when he comes back? For, John tells us to be to continue in him so that we can be confident and unashamed before him when he comes back. And so there were three steps to confidence before God. The first one was confess. <clears throat> and it was based on the verse that says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to cleanse us, uh, to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Next, it was the cleanse part. When we confess, he's faithful to cleanse us. And we also looked at Ephesians 5, where we see the example of Jesus cleansing by washing us with the word of God, meaning that if we want to be cleansed, if we want to be clean, we have to be reading the Bible. Very, very simple. It, it wasn't given to us so that we could just let it sit there. It was given to us as a tool and a weapon for us to use, and it's extremely important in our lives and in our walk with Jesus. Step three was continue, and that just means to press forward. So we confess we allow him to cleanse and then we continue, which is where a lot of us get hung up because the enemy will try to have us beat ourselves up all the time. If you sin, he wants you to sin and then he wants you to beat yourself up for your sin so you don't move forward. But God calls us to move forward and press forward toward the mark. And we, we were looking at where Paul says, I have not yet reached perfection, but I press forward and I keep striving until I reach that. I'm always moving forward. There's always room for growth. And so I'm not moving backwards. I'm not thinking about the past and what I did. I understand that there's forgiveness available for me. So I confess, I allow him to cleanse, and then I continue. Now, message three in this series is called We Are the Light. We are are the light. And I want to jump back to something I mentioned in the last message. It was John 10 and 10, where Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life 
and have it to the full. Jesus came so that we can have life and have it to the full. We can have it abundantly. And one of the ways, the main way that we have abundant life, what we were talking about in the last message, is confidence before God. When you have confidence in him, that's a good relationship. That's an abundant life. So tonight, with it being small group night, I wanted to talk about, thank you for the energy on small group night. I wanted to talk about an aspect of our walk that was extremely important to Jesus. And so I want to jump back to John 17, where this is the prayer that Jesus is praying before he goes to the cross. And he prays it for his disciples and for us who would become his disciples. So how many of you guys know that if Jesus is praying something, it would be good for us to pay attention to what he's saying? And if we say we follow Jesus, it's so important that we know what was actually important to him. Not what people say was important to him, not what's just important to us, but what did he say is important to him? Verse 14 through 23, he says, I have given them your word, and he's talking to the Father. And the, world has hate, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. He declares that. We don't belong to the world, just like he didn't belong to the world. And so if you're seeing division in your life between you and the world, that's normal. Remember, we're called to separation and then invitation so it doesn't mean that we have to have the mindset of hating the world. We love the world, but it's no surprise if our lifestyle convicts people or if the world doesn't agree with us sticking to the truth, if the world does not agree with us sticking to the Bible, the word of God, regardless of the times that we're in, regardless of what's popular, we stick to the word of God. And if the world hated Jesus, he says it's likely that they'll hate us too. But we're called to love our enemies. So that does not mean we separate and isolate ourselves. It means we separate and then invite. After that, he says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. This is what Jesus is saying is important. This is what he's praying for us. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is the truth. Simple as that. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's us. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, praying for us. I pray that they will all be one. He didn't say, I pray that they will all be righteous right there. 
He didn't pray that we would all be holy right there. What he prayed, what was important to him in that moment, he said, they'll be sanctified through your word. Teach them your word. Make them holy by your word. And then make them one. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That's evangelism. Isn't that crazy? Jesus is saying, may they experience us, the people who believe in him, experience such unity, such oneness, that the world will look at that and then believe that Jesus is God. It's not just what you're posting. Yeah, you can clap. It's real because it's us. This is what he's calling us to. It's not just what you post. It's not how often you read. It's not just how you live your life in terms of you individually. That is important, and you cannot neglect that. However, it is not just about the vertical relationship. It's about the horizontal relationships. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says the second one is just as important as the first. So how are we doing with that? We have to explore this. I have to explore this because it's counterintuitive. It goes against everything in us because we're inherently selfish. And we inherently want to look out for ourselves. So we hear it's small group night and it's like, I just wanted to come and receive something for me. For real. And I'm saying it, that's a direct quote from my mind when I've heard it was small group nights several times. And God had to show this to me because that's what happens. You go throughout your whole day. You might be going through stuff. And then you're like, man, I'm going to go to service. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to hear from God. And then I'm going to be out. But that's not what he's calling us to. And that's not what fusion is going to look like. God has called us to be a body, connected, a church, called out ones, a body of believers. A church is us operating in unison and in unity. Matthew 18, 18 through 20 says, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. 
that's powerful in itself. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this. If two of you, two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, say anything, anything, you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. This is Jesus. We have to study what he said. This was clearly important to him. So our strength is in our unity, not just in our holiness, not just in our separate lifestyle, but in our connection with each other, there is power. There is something powerful that happens when people come together in the name of Jesus. We see in Acts, the first church gets together and it says they prayed. Not each, and, each of them prayed individually. Actually, if you go read, it'll say they prayed and then it'll have a quote. And I'll be like, were they all praying that at the same time? It can be confusing sometimes because it says that they prayed and then it gives a quote. But what that means is they all were praying this not just individually, and then what happens? They pray for power to speak the word of God, and it says that the Holy Spirit came and the place was shaken. There's power in people coming together, praying. There's power in people coming together in the name of Jesus, period. So it doesn't have to be that you're coming together just for prayer. You just gathering in the name of Jesus, which is what we do in small groups, he says that he's there in the midst of it. There's power there. But the unity that God desires requires work. So in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 2, he says, Is there any encouragement from belonging in Christ? Of course there is. Any comfort from his love? We know there is. Any fellowship together in the spirit? Yep. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. That's what's going to make him happy. Also, in the letter we've been studying, 1 John, John says specifically of living in the light, he says, but if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. One of the indicators that you are living in the light, living the life that God has called you to live, is you have fellowship. You have relationship with the people around you, the other people in the light. We have fellowship with one another. You cannot disconnect that part from what we're doing. It can't be... I'm going to live my life for Jesus, and that's it. Part of us living our lives for Jesus is, our living, is living our lives for other people. Coming to serve, not to be served. That's what he was modeling for us. He said, even the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served. That's God in the flesh. Came to earth, he said, and it wasn't to be served. 
even though if anybody deserves to be served, it's him. But he said he came not to be served, but to serve others. So as we gather in small groups tonight, I want it to be, and I believe God wants it to be with that heart in mind, is God, you've called us to be one. So we should actually be excited to connect with one another. And I shouldn't be completely focused on what I'm going to receive out of this and what this is going to do for me, but how I can come to the aid of a brother or sister because you never know who is in here and how God can use you for what somebody else is going through. You never know the pain that people are going through or experiencing or the joy, but they don't have anybody to share it with and how you can be a friend, a brother, a sister, and how you can, will look more like Jesus the more you connect to people and the more you come to serve. So that is our message for tonight. I want to pray a blessing over our small group, and then we'll have Eric come up and dismiss for our small group. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather in your name. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here safely, God. We thank you for another day on this earth. Lord, I just ask that you would just bring us together in a spirit of unity, that we would be of one mind, of one spirit, of one heart, God, that we would just be doing this for you, and we know that you are in the midst of us, Lord. So we just thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said...